from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, and we are here every Thursday, noon Eastern Time, live on Sirius XM Channel 111. We are taking your calls right now at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. If you had problems in the past getting through, give us a call now. You get on the list. We would love to hear from you. We're here with Danielle Bruno and Michelle Stucker, who are manning the engineering room. And we're going to talk about a very exciting topic today and a little bit of a scary one. Job search scams. Job search scams are out there. They're prevalent. They are waiting for you. And we want to make sure that you know what to spot and know how to avoid them. And to help us with this very interesting and um, top of the news story, we welcome back Nick Corcadelius, who is the host of Ask the Headhunter and author of several books, including Fearless Job Hunting, Keep Your Salary Under Wraps, and the number one selling interview guide, Ask the Headhunter. Featured in the Wall Street Journal, USA Today, the New York Times, and on CNN, CNBC, and MSNBC, just to name a few, he is a wealth of knowledge about headhunting, job searching, scams, and many more things. And he's also the most direct headhunter you're ever going to have an opportunity to talk to. So if you've had a question you've always wanted to ask a headhunter, you can be sure he will give you the straight up advice. Hi, Nick. Welcome back. Hi, Dawn. It's always great to be here. Thanks for having me <laughs> We're on. excited. We're excited to have you in the studio. Hey, you've got a question for a headhunter or if you've experienced a job search scam, we want to hear from you right now at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So interestingly, Nick, one of, the, one of the things that inspired this topic for us was that you've been doing a lot of research on a um, specific company that has many, many names, but it turns out that the entire operation was a complete scam. Yeah, unfortunately it was. This is a firm that purports to uh, be a group of recruiters who will get you interviews. They prey on higher income folks, uh, executives, top-level managers. They tell them we have private equity and venture capital firms that are funding new companies and they need a top executive. They suck them into the process and then just before they schedule a phone interview, they tell them they've got to sign a contract and pay 2500 bucks. Yikes. <laughs> and it turns out all the firms involved, the people involved are all phony. They, they've got dozens and dozens of phony websites that are supposed to support this thing. You know, here are the VC firms that we work with. Here are the private equity firms. Here are the managing partners. I spent two and a half weeks digging down into this wormhole, and I almost I thought I wasn't going to come back out because it just kept going on and on and on and on. And well, I want to I want to say that the majority <laughs> of of hiring processes out processes out there are not scams. There are plenty of scams who are looking for people who are frustrated with the job search, who are desperate for a job, and who want to believe that that this is real, that even though it sounds too good to be true, our kind of psyche kicks in and is like, yeah, but what if it is true? And what if I miss out? No one wants to go job hunting. It's it can be a miserable experience. One, one of the victims of this one scam that I that I mentioned is a topic former retired executive who wanted to get back into business, and after he lost his money, he kept, he must have said to me six times, "Nick, I can't believe what a dumb you know what I was," and he said, "I did it because they promised to make this easier. They were going to handle the heavy lifting for me, and even though in my heart I knew it couldn't be real." I figured I'd get my money back from my credit card company, which took him a while to get back. But he said, I really didn't want to go through this. It's so painful. Mm-hmm. Yep. And here's the thing. Probably most people know if you're finding it on Craigslist, it might be a little sketchy. No, not sure. But people who are getting sucked into these are not um, uneducated people. They are people who are smart. They are people who... Um, you you just wouldn't think would fall for some of these. And the scammers are so skilled at this. They are incredibly skilled at this. And they know what they're doing and they know how to separate you from your money. They really do. I, I find that as you go up the income ranks and the executive management ranks, higher level folks tend to be accustomed to paying high fees to special consultants to do special projects. So when someone comes along and says, I'm an expert at getting you a job, 
It's going to cost you 15 or 20 grand. To them, it's just another consulting gig, and they're glad to pay the money to have somebody else do it. So people higher up the ranks tend to be more susceptible, but the, the, the scams at the lower level are very prevalent too, and you usually can tell them from, from two tips. One is there's a middleman involved. Mm-hmm. It's not the employer. There's someone else who's pretending to be an intermediary. And second, they want to charge you money. So as you said, there are legitimate services. For example, you might pay a, career, a good career coach for career advice. That's legit. There might be a resume writer you pay. That could be legit. Someone calls you up and says, pay us 1500 bucks, and we'll get you an interview. That's not legit. So, so explain to listeners why. What's the difference between those two? I'm sorry, between? Between, between I will get you a job well, for $1,500 if someone or is, job interview. If someone is providing a service to help you mm-hmm. get an interview, uh, learn how to interview more effectively, they're improving your own skills. They're not actually delivering a job. If someone pretends to deliver a job offer to you, they're making it up. Because if you stop and think, only an employer can actually make you a job offer. Only an employer can deliver a salary and a position. If someone pretends or acts like they're guaranteeing you that, read the fine print on the contract and you'll find there's no guarantee whatsoever because there can't be. So a legitimate career counselor, coach, resume writer is going to help you with the process. And what you'll also find with the best ones is there's not a big fee up front. You pay as you go. Yes. And let's talk about that because I think um, obviously I'm a career coach and I know it's a legitimate business, but let's talk about how listeners can really discern because I think one of the things you had said, obviously there's a middleman, um, but money up front. I think that $1,500 is not the going rate for an hour of a career coach's time, <laughs> at, least, at least not in my book. So what, what can somebody expect to pay you might pay anywhere from from a hundred bucks an hour for for a coach's time to three or four hundred dollars, depending on who they are. The problem arises when the coach says, "Well, you have to sign up for an engagement," mm-hmm. and they they explain to you over a course of a, of a, of an hour selling to you that this is a complex process. It takes a lot of time. I have to get to know you, so you'll pay me six grand for two months worth of services. My concern with that is there's no stop loss for you. If mm-hmm. after two weeks you're not happy, how do you get your money back? Mm-hmm. You probably can't. You probably can't. And I don't think you can rely on the credit card company to, to give it. A lot well, of people do that fallback and they're like, well, yeah, my no, credit what, card will, will what, what reimburse fa- me. What we found with the scam was a leading credit card company's logo was featured on the scammer's website. And the people that I talked to who got scammed said, well, you know, what I thought was the credit card company would, would give me my money back if it turned out to be a scam. Well, it turned out the credit card company wouldn't give them their money back because wow. the, the company wouldn't do the research to determine the company was phony. After I crowdsourced, it was really my readers who provided the information, we found that it was a phony company and the credit card company has now started giving money back. But – that took a lot of extra effort. An individual is not going to pull that off for themselves. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Nick Corkadelius of Ask the Headhunter. And we are talking about a very important topic, job search scams. They are out there. They are prevalent. And we want to help you avoid them. If you have a question for Nick, you can give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844 7866. Or if you just have a question or a story about a job scam, we want to hear from you because our goal today is to really help listeners avoid these scams and get a great job. So if you have a story to share, give us a call 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You can also find us on Twitter at BizRadio111 or you can find me at Dr. Don Graham. So, okay. So career coach, one of the things that I think is, is, reasonable is to give somebody a free 20-minute consultation just to make sure that oh, there's sure. even, you know, a, a, a relationship there that you can you can buy into. The other thing um, that I think is that a lot of coaches or um, I'm going to call them scammers try and get you to buy a bunch of materials and things like that. And so the whole career counseling thing is really just a scam for buy all my products. And Honestly, you have a blog for free. I have a blog for free. Most legitimate people put a ton of content on the internet for free. And these systems are not going to give you anything more for the most part than what you can get out there for free. That's There, there are really a couple of models. There, there are people who want you – they want to sell you something up front immediately. I mm-hmm. mean, I, as you point out, my, my blog has been online for over – actually for 20 about 20 years. I've answered over 40,000 questions from my readers – 
I do it because I enjoy it. It's not my, my main source of income. But I also publish PDF books, which, which people can buy. Mm-hmm. But they, they buy them because they get tons of free help and advice on the website. Mm-hmm. And I'm not pitching or pushing anything. My attitude is if you like my advice, you might want a better organized package of it. What happens with, with a lot of uh, – I don't even want to call them scammers. They're people who overpromise. They have a lot of products. They push the products hard, and they won't give you any help or advice or whatever they're promising unless you buy something. Maybe it's valuable material, but you need to go talk to people who've used it. In other words, check the references. Whether it's a career coach, someone who's written a book, someone who, who's offering you something for a fee, ask for references. Employers ask for your references. Ask for their references. Talk to two or three people who've used the service, the product, and ask if it worked. And I think another thing you mentioned that that you need to look out for is this word guarantee. I have a story. I had um, somebody come to me who was a potential client. He'd been out of work and you know really need a job, really need a job. And so I, I proposed a, a career coaching package that he might be interested in and you know and and I didn't in my contract I do not guarantee that somebody's going to find a job I you know I will work with you we'll get you a great resume we'll get you great LinkedIn we'll get you these things but I can't guarantee you a job well long story short I found out later he did not go with my services but he paid four thousand dollars to a firm that had in their contract that they would guarantee him a job well you know how this story ends he didn't he didn't get a job and he was out four thousand dollars and it was all because that guarantee really sucked him in, and I wouldn't give it to him. People want to believe that somebody can deliver anything to you if you'll pay for it. But if you stop and think for a second, realistically, who can give you a job except an employer? Even an employer can't always guarantee a job when you interview, but a third party who offers you a guarantee, sometimes the guarantee's in writing. Uh, I, I worked with a major Canadian TV network a few years ago we did an expose on a firm that would charge six grand, and they would guarantee you a job when they met with you and talked to you face-to-face. In the contract, guarantee was never mentioned, but they said it to you face-to-face, and they got caught on hidden camera guaranteeing something. They wound up in a lot of trouble. But again, people want to believe, and you, 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 you lost a client because someone promised a guarantee that they couldn't mm-hmm. deliver on. Mm-hmm. So people need to be very careful about what can be guaranteed and what can't. And a job cannot be guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things just to recap. If there's a middleman, if there's an unrealistic guarantee, if there's an exorbitant fee up front, um, all of these things are signs that it's a scam. Let's talk about different types. There's a variety of different types of job scams out there. One of the the interesting ones that I know we've talked about is for a um, online website that promised jobs over 100k. Which hey, yeah. who wouldn't want a job <laughs> over 100k? <laughs> there, there, there's a company that people are probably familiar with that called itself very exclusive. Uh, you sign up, you pay 30 bucks a month, and it's only 100K-plus jobs for only 100K-plus people. And what it turned out was going on was the 100K jobs that they were selling access to, supposedly, really weren't 100K jobs. There were employers who posted jobs on their own websites for, say, 60 or 70K. And this company would scrape those positions, post them in, the, in its own database, and they would, quote-unquote, curate the jobs. They had experts who would hand hand judge, you know, by hand they would review these positions and decide, well, this job's really a 120K job. They were pulling numbers out of thin air because they needed to boost the number of 100K plus positions they could sell access to their customers for. Mm-hmm. So these people would go in and interview these jobs only to be told they're only 75K. And they'd get furious at the employer, not realizing the employer had no relationship with this third-party site. And so it wound up in a consumer class action suit that was apparently settled out of court, but they stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's an interesting point because a lot of these big monster job boards like Indeed are really an aggregate. They pull jobs from all of their places on the internet and they don't check them. They don't know if they're legit. They don't know if they're a real company. They don't know if the job's been filled six months ago. A common complaint that people have even with Indeed or MonsterCom, which I think are legitimate job boards, the, the, the problem is that they're open to any kind of postings. Users will complain that a lot of jobs are multi-level marketing schemes, or they're not real, or it's recruiters wasting their time. It's companies building their databases of resumes without actually having any open jobs right now. So people get – it's a different kind of scam. They're not, they're not necessarily taking your money, but they're taking your time. They're taking your motivation. They're getting you frustrated. You're going nuts. The number of people who, who contact me by email or post on my blog and complain about 
these sort of sub-scams, rescinded job offers are a big example. Is this a scam? When a company brings you in, interviews you, makes you a written job offer, and you get in your car to drive two states away, and on your way out you get a text that says, uh, sorry, the position turns out was not really approved, so we're rescinding the offer. There's no job. I get two or three emails a day from people, and this is new. Is that a scam? It's a scam to the level where an employer is not doing its job properly, mm-hmm. and it's wasting your time, which means money. Yeah. So that, to me, just sounds sloppy, <laughs> sloppy HR work, sloppy recruiting. Um, but still, the the loser in this is the job seeker, right. and that is exactly what we're trying to avoid today. You're listening to SiriusXM 111. We are here with Nick of AskTheHeadHunter.com, and we are talking about job search scams, and, and maybe we could say and sloppy, <laughs> sloppy <laughs> job search hiring, because you're right, not all of these things are intended to be a scam, but what we can say is all of these things do leave the job seeker either out of money or wasted time and wasted effort. Hey, if you've been in this situation or you know somebody who has been in this situation, we want to hear from you now. You can give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, we are live taking your calls all hour. Michelle is manning the phone. So, okay. So we we talked about the rescinding offers and that maybe falls into the, the sloppy. Let's talk about some other types of scam slash sloppy recruiting that's out there. Um, the too good to be true scam. So work from home, earn $75,000 stuffing envelopes and um, yeah. They want you to buy their materials mm-hmm. and they promise you something that you probably are not ever going to get. And in, in, in most cases, I don't think you're going to get it because again, they're preying on a wish that you have, wishful thinking that you can work from home and make 100 grand or 50 grand a year. It's just not going to happen. Again, you want to check the references. One thing that everybody really should do, before you do business with a firm like this, find out what state they do business in. Even Mm -hmm. if they're only an e-commerce company, call the secretary of state in that state and find out, are they a registered business? What you'll often find is they're not registered anywhere. They're really operating illegally. And if they are, that's your first tip. But you have to make a phone call to find out. Mm -hmm. And and it doesn't need to be on Craigslist. Some of these are on, like you said, legit sites. So you, and, and you were talking about the credit card that had its its logo placed on a site too. I mean, I think that's one of the things that scammers do is they find something that you trust, like a, a big company logo like American Express or a job board that's very popular and they post on that thinking that that's going to give them the credibility sure. that they sure. need. And and it does. It does because we we don't check. We want to trust something. We want to know that someone else has done the checking for us. We're accustomed to using the Internet where information is, is hard to verify. But because it's online, it looks official, and they have a nice website. And if you look up a few companies they claim to be connected to, well, look, they have websites. Mm-hmm. Well, if you contact those companies, you find I found out one supposedly had offices in Rockefeller Center in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Rental office, never heard of them. They'd never done any business with them. Sometimes you have to make a couple of phone calls in in order to do your due diligence. Yeah, and that's a good point. And here's the thing. Doing your due diligence up front is much faster than trying to get your money back on the tail end. Yeah, it really is tough to get your money back. There's another – when we talk about things in the middle that aren't really big-time scams or aren't aren't just sloppy recruiting, resume writers, for example. Mm -hmm. There are lots of good legitimate resume writers who will charge you a reasonable fee – to redo your resume. And again, even then you want to check the references. Now with the advent of keywords, you know, uh, keyword processing algorithms, applicant tracking systems, a company is looking for keywords in your resume. What's that, that, that spawned is a whole new kind of resume writing service where they're not even writing a resume for you. They're telling you, we're, we're going to put the right keywords in your resume mm-hmm. and then we're going to give it to you and it'll help you get interviews. Well, to me, that's a scam because it's not really a resume. It's just a bundle of keywords that they think are going to be successful in certain kinds of industries. There's really not a lot of skill in that. They're running a database process, and that's where they come up with the words. Is that really helping you? How, how much are you paying for it? What do you, you really can't judge it yourself because you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, hey, if you're just tuning in, we are talking about job search scams, sloppy recruiting. And if you've ever experienced something that you thought was a little questionable, maybe in ethics in the job search process, or maybe as Nick was talking about, you had an offer rescinded or something that just didn't seem right, we want to hear from you now. We're taking your calls at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Christina in Pennsylvania. 
Christina, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi. So I am um, interviewing right now um, at an insurance company, one of the top insurance companies for an insurance agent position. I've been unemployed since March, and I'm on unemployment right now. Now, they've said something in the interview process about um, coming in, and they'll hold my commissions while I decide whether I want to take it on full-time and I can work part-time as an agent. Um, And then if I decide I want to go full-time, that they will then release those commissions to me that I've, you know, like kind of racked up over the three months or whatever. And I was just wondering if I can continue to get my unemployment while I work for them essentially for free um, or how that works exactly. Christina, there's an easy way to find this out. I'm not a lawyer, not an expert on unemployment, and no one should pretend that they are. I would contact your state's Department of Labor and Employment, and I would ask them that specific question. So you can find out sort of from the horse's mouth, these are the people who approve the payments after all. You don't, you don't want to get this wrong. Yeah, and it, what kind of contract are they giving you, Christina? Like, what, How do you like, know they're going to pay you at the end of three months? Can you explain that a little bit more? No, I don't know. I'm. I'm actually went through one interview. They were kind of explaining it to me. I have a second interview, and I'm just wondering: is this a good career choice for me? I mean, I have been unemployed for a while, so I am like aggressively looking for something. And also, they said they have high turnover rate. That's a- <laughs> you probably know why. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is mostly commission based, but I pretty much at the point where my unemployment is about to run out. So I'm like, I need to really kind of make a choice. Yeah. So, so a couple of things, Christina, that I'm just going to reflect back to you. So you're, you're at the point where your unemployment's going to run out. So you're kind of feeling that, that, uh, I need to do something. But what you know about this company is that you're essentially going to work for three months for free. There's been no contract that states they're guaranteeing you anything at the end of those three months. Um, and you know, the company has high turnover rate. So, I think I know you're going on a second interview, but I think you have a lot of gaps that you need to close before you're going to be able to accept this as a legitimate job. And, you know, I know people sometimes say, well, any job's better than no job, but I don't think that's the case here. I love, Christina, I love sales jobs and I love commission jobs because you can make a lot of money. What I don't like is companies who bring in newbie salespeople and tell them it's a straight, pure commission, and they're not willing to invest in at least a small base salary to get you on board while you're getting trained, because they need to make an investment in you, just like you're making an investment in them. So so if there's no guarantee of any kind of compensation while you get up to speed selling, I would probably walk away and go find something else. Mm-hmm. And and interestingly, Christina, we have uh, we have Gary from, from Pennsylvania who's calling in, and he has he has a tip for you, Gary. Welcome to Career Talk. Um, tell us what. Uh, tell us your tip for Christina. Uh, good morning, and I, I listened to her, and um, and I agree with the comment that your host just made is to have the company put some skin in the game. But most candidates and most employers are not aware of a federal job program. So if Christine wants to be in this field. It's, it's called the On the Job Training Program, where it reimburses employers for training for her wages and salaries while she's training for the first six months. And it's up to eight to $10,000. So, and I'm an employer. I've hired hundreds of people in the last five years. And I'm always impressed by a candidate who comes in and says, I'm pre-qualified for this program. I've done my homework. And there are some skills I need to learn on your systems or on basic selling skills or whatever. But I'm pre-qualified. And I'm sharper than probably any other candidate you'll see to come in and if your company is not familiar with this program, I'm glad to connect you with the appropriate federal or local agency that administers it. Mm-hmm. You're descri- um, I'm sorry, you're describing the kind of candidate who walks in and shows an employer how they're going to solve an employer's problem, how they're going to help drop profit to their bottom line, and how they're going to get the job done. And unfortunately, most people who search for jobs are not taught to walk in and do that. So you're an employer who appreciates candidates like that. And I'm glad you're telling the story because what I want to say to job seekers out there is just what you're saying. When you walk in the door, be ready to show how you're going to do the work, that you're pre-qualified if there's a program involved. Make it easier for the employer to hire you because that's how you stand out. 
Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go through the standard process of I'm going to apply online, I'm going to send my resume, I'm going to do no calls, please, all right, I'm not going to call. And unfortunately, then you're just lumped in with the hundreds and hundreds of other applicants out there in cyberspace. Gary, thank you so much for listening to Career Talk. We really appreciate it. Christina, let me, but- add, one, let oh. me add one thing, if I may. Sure. So when Christine goes to the local Career Link or One Stop Center, is what they're called across the country, and she pre qualifies for an insurance agent, insurance broker position, okay, they then put her in the top of the list. So if an, an an insurance company or financial services company calls and says we're looking for the following type of people. She is on the top of the list of the candidates because she's pre-qualified. So she's doing more work and putting in more effort than just applying for jobs blindly. Which is how and you get. Which is how you get to the the front of the line. Awesome, Gary. We really appreciate it. Love when you have uh, you have tips for our callers. That is awesome. Hey, if you're an employer and you have a tip, we'd love to hear from you as well. 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Christina and Gary, thank you for giving us a call here on Career Talk. If it's Thursday, we are taking your calls all hour. And we are talking about job search scams and sloppy recruiting practices right now. But we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay, here we go. According to a recent poll conducted by the Daily Muse, which is actually one of my favorite career websites, respondents' biggest interview fear was this. As a hint, having the right answer was the second biggest fear at 36%. So according to a recent poll conducted by the Daily Muse, respondents' biggest interview fear was this. Think you know? Want to take a guess? Give us a call at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. And welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider here on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. We are on Sirius XM Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Nick of AskTheHeadhunter.com. And we are talking about scams, sloppy recruiting, maybe some unethical situations that you've been in in the job search process. So if any of these have happened to you or someone you know, we want to hear from you at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. We'd love to hear your stories. Hey, if you're an employer, you have advice, we'd love to hear that too. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're here all hour taking your calls. So before the break, we had our pre-break quiz. And according to a recent poll conducted by the Daily Muse, Respondent's biggest interview fear was this. So I'm going to go to Michelle as our our first victim. Okay. I mean player. I'm going <laughs> to say um, the question of what was the biggest mistake that you've made. No. Oh. <laughs> Danielle. Wrong again. Danielle. Okay, what was... Wait. <laughs> Okay, never mind. No, I don't even remember the question. I'm nervous. <laughs> Give yourself the X for yeah. that one. For sure. Oh, just, you're right. I should just... Yeah. Mm. Darren. <laughs> All right, Nick, what do you think? They want to ask you about money, either how much you're looking for or how much you're making now. Nope. Nope. The... the <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry, you got a buzz. <laughs> um, according to a recent poll conducted by the Daily Muse, respondents' biggest interview fear was drawing a blank. So Danielle, Danielle, you were kind of right because you drew a blank. <laughs> it's fair. See, that was my guess the whole time. See? I knew yeah. I knew I was right. Yeah, 52% are worried about drawing a blank. Having the right answer was number two. Trailing at 36%. Uh, forgetting the interviewer's name was at 7%, which I think is really interesting because what do you think is worse, forgetting somebody's name or calling them by the wrong name, Nick? <laughs> uh, I I often do this. You think a headhunter would be really, really good at people's names and I'm not. And my what I wind up doing is I say, I, I'm, I'm really embarrassed. I'm not great at names. I'm sorry. I forgot your name. I just ask. 
Just, I, just ask. I totally agree. We all do it. I, I would say most people would check the box at, yeah, I'm not great with names. So if you're not great with the names, asking somebody, hey, I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's really not. But we're going to go to Kathleen in Florida. Kathleen, welcome to Career Talk. Hi, Kathleen. Hi. So I have a question. I'm an employer, and I spend a tremendous amount of money, um, and I'm not sure if it's appropriate to name sites, but... I've spent money on a very large, supposedly reputable site where the, the resumes are very old, and they people just sit them on there, they're fishing, and it's a tremendous amount of work. I've also posted a job on LinkedIn, which is very expensive, and we have a tremendous amount of, of uh, responses from out of the country. And, you know, we're looking for someone in the legal field in Chicago but I have eight offices, so my first step is to do it remote, and some of those sites should be helpful, and they're not. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you that I think this is a kind of scam, really. When when these companies, and some of them are big, we could probably name some of them, I won't, they spend a lot of money marketing the idea to you, to the employer, that the perfect candidate that you want is in our database because we have all the candidates if you'll just keep looking. So if you st- step back and ask yourself, how does this model really work? They make money when you don't fill positions because you have to keep looking and keep paying for those recruiter seats or for the access to their systems. So why do they have people in there who aren't right for you? Well, the more candidates they have, the bigger they can claim their database is, the easier it is to sell the service. Time comes to deliver candidates, and as you found, it's really tough to find somebody in this huge ocean of, of all kinds of people. Recruiting, I'm, I'm going to suggest you that you step back and ask yourself, if you want to solve a problem, what do you do? You try to hone in, define it as closely as possible, and go find the solution where it's most likely to reside. You're not going to find the people you want in a huge database. You have to ask yourself, where do these people hang out? It really is that simple. Where are the kinds of people that you need to hire hang out? And then invest some real time of your own or people on your team to go out and talk to these folks, develop sources of candidates, and then recruit that way. To me, because I write this, I write about this all the time, job boards are a massive database. There's an old joke from comedian Stephen Wright who, who once said, suppose, just suppose, suppose you could have everything in the world. Suppose you could have everything in the world. Where would you put it? That's the joke. Well, the problem is we have all the resumes, all the candidates in the world. And we don't know what to do with them because we have, we have too many. It's indiscriminate. And so that's why I think you're wasting your time. Kathleen, was that helpful? It, it was. One of the things that I sometimes wonder, and, and I was listening to your young lady uh, before, is that we do a healthy base and training for sales. But if you're looking, say you go on LinkedIn and you're looking at people's skill sets. Mm-hmm. But this is a different kind of sales, and it's specific to the to the legal community. What kind of searches do you do? And I'm going to tell you, if you just put in sales, that that's not particularly successful. But what kind of uh, skill sets are you looking for when you look for skill sets in that medium to find someone who has you know, charismatic people skills. Our product is good, so I don't worry about their technical knowledge. I'm looking for character. What Again, let me step back and suggest to you you're making a bigger mistake than you think. I, I come out of the world of cognitive psychology. That's where my training is. We refer to this as a forced choice situation. You have choices in a database, and you're being forced to pick one. Well, what if the problem is none of them are really a match for you? Think instead in terms of rather than looking at who's there and picking what's available, ask yourself, who do we really want? Where can we go find them? Set up a little war room in your own company. Get your managers together, employees together. Bring in pizza for lunch. Spend an hour and ask everyone, who do you know who might know someone who might be a good candidate from us? Where do people like the ones we want to hire probably hang out? What kind of work do they do now? Where do they maybe work currently? In other words, where's their employment? Start honing down into places where you might be able to find the kinds of candidates you want and do it on your own. 
Nick, I couldn't have said it better. And and I, I think, Kathleen, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. I think this is the, the exact problem we were talking about with candidates. We don't want to do the work. The job search sucks. And the easier we could make it, even if we have to shell out money, we're going to do that. And I think I think employers are doing the same thing. They're saying, OK, well, there's these these in place structures like job boards and and things that I can just pay money and, and the great candidates are going to come to me. But again, that is that is not working. And what we know and Nick, I know you have specific numbers on this in terms of there are a lot of people looking for work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, I off the top of my head, I couldn't quote you how many millions right now because I haven't looked at the numbers in a while. But there, there, there is something like three, three or four people who are looking for jobs for every job that's open right now, and yet companies claim there's a talent shortage in the United States. So you ask yourself, even if you eliminate those people who are deadbeats, lazy, aren't good learners. Among all the job seekers in the United States, you are probably going to be able to find the person you want if you know where to go look. And I don't mean to make this sound like a mystery. What what I just described to you about what you should do to find the right candidates is what my clients pay me a lot of money to go do. But you don't need to hire a headhunter. You really can do it yourself by stepping back and looking at it as a business problem. And you ask, what do I want? I need somebody who could do X, Y, and Z. Where do these people probably hang out? What are they probably doing now? What kinds of people could be cultivated and trained to do what we need to have done? What, what schools are they probably connected to? I'd go to, I'd, I'd go to schools in your area and ask to look at alumni lists or talk to career counselors in the local colleges and ask them what people graduated here three or four or five years ago that you can recommend highly who might fit into this kind of position. It takes more work on your part. And as Don just pointed out, the whole purpose of this program that we're doing is to talk about scams. And the reason people fall for these scams, whether they're employers or job seekers, is it's icky to go do the work of finding a job or finding candidates. So we want we want to pay somebody to do it for us. And the sad truth is you really can't. You have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. It's icky and it's it's a little ambiguous. We want the structure. So somebody puts a structure out there for us. We're like, oh, this this must be legit. We're going to pay for it. Kathleen, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, if you have a question for our guest headhunter, Nick, from AskTheHeadhunter.com, or you want to share a story about a questionable job search hiring situation, we would love to hear from you. I, 844 I, Wharton, that's 844-942-7866. I would love to hear from listeners who have applied for jobs that they saw advertised. They show up only to find out the job is not what they were told it was. Ooh. Is that a scam? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just poor sloppy recruiting. But I think that's where a lot of people wind up wasting a lot of time. And in a sense, that's a scam. So have you ever applied for a job and you show up only to find out this is not what you were told? Yeah. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Lee in Virginia, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi. um, Thank you for taking my call. I have a friend who um, has excellent skills and has a very good job right now. They contacted him, and he's looking. He's got a few other job offers that have come to him. I think he's on LinkedIn and has some old uh, resumes out there. But my question is, I, how do you find a good headhunter? Um, I think he could do actually even much better um, by getting someone like that instead of directly being contacted by these, by these companies. He has analytical skills, which are, of course, very much in demand and a proven track record. So what's the advice on how do you, how do you find a good headhunter? What I'll tell you is people misunderstand what headhunters do. Headhunters are – we're retained or brought in by our client companies to fill very specific positions. So they will define a certain role. We'll go out and find the person. We usually bring back half a dozen good candidates, and then, then the client will hire someone. What we don't do is find jobs for people. And so, once again, people want to believe that somebody's going to do it for you, whether you pay them or not. And a headhunter will never charge you money, by the way, if, you, if you're the job seeker. But your friend is, is not going to be able to go find a headhunter to go take care of it for him, for him because that's not the work that we do. Having said that, I'll give you a tip anyway. And what I would suggest – this is in one of my – I wrote a book a long time ago called How to Work with Headhunters and How to Make Headhunters Work for You. It's a big seller because it offers specific tips. And here's one that I'll give you for nothing. If you want to find a headhunter who might help you, work backwards. Ask yourself what companies would you love to work for and then contact the top manager or executive in that part of the company – and say, hey, I'm, I'm so-and-so, and, uh, I, but I'd like to ask you a professional courtesy. You guys are a shining light company in this industry. When you recruit to fill certain positions and you, you define the position that you would want if you were going to get hired, 
what headhunter do you use? Because there are a lot of headhunters out there who aren't very good. I just want to work with the best. So what headhunter do you use when you're filling positions like this in your own organization? The person may say to you, well, why are you asking? And you, you can confess and say, well, I'm looking for a position, but I'm not going to look haphazardly. I only want to work with the best headhunter, so can you recommend someone? Some people will give you their headhunter's name. Some won't. But that's the only good way I know to find a qualified headhunter who's not a sleazeball, <laughs> someone running a racket or wasting your time, who has good connections and good clients because you're getting the referral directly from a client. Nick, couldn't have said it better. Lee, thank you for giving us a call here on Career Talk. If you have a question, Nick is going to give you the straight-up headhunter answer. There are no no sugarcoating it, Nick. That's what I'm going to call you. No sugarcoat, <laughs> Nick. We're here at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Hey, if you can, if you can handle Nick's advice, <laughs> which is spot on. Then give us a call here, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. We've been talking about scams and sloppy recruiting processes. Now, there's some easy ways to figure it out. If they, they want money up front, if they, they want your personal information or your, your bank account. But here's one. They want your direct they want your bank account for direct deposit. I mean, that seems legit. They're going to pay you, right? <laughs> sure, they're going to pay you. Once you give someone information, ask yourself this question. Whenever you're asked for something in specific you know, that, that they need to help you out, ask yourself, is this information you would hand over to someone on the phone if they called you blindly trying to sell you a timeshare or a magazine subscription? Would you give somebody that information if you don't really know who they are? And the answer almost always has to be no. And, I, and I'll take this another step. Don and I were talking earlier about Social Security numbers. Employers, recruiters, all kinds of folks will ask you for your Social Security number as your identifiers. They can put you into the database because without it, we can't process you. Why would you hand that? That's the first step toward identity theft. The only time you should provide even a Social Security number is when you're actually about to get hired by a company. That's when they need it to process your payroll. When it comes to your direct deposit, your bank information, not even an employer needs that unless you're going to have direct deposit of your, of your pay, and that should only be once you're already an employee. So please be really careful. Don't let yourself start thinking, if I don't give them what they're asking for, I'll never get a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you start feeling that pressure, then that might be a good red flag for you to say, if they're pressuring you for this, oh, I need this, we can't move you forward without it, and everybody else is giving it. I mean, yeah, don't do it. Mallory in Massachusetts, welcome to Career Talk. Hi, Mallory. How can we help you Hi. today? Hi. So um, I was listening to you talking about recruiting and headhunting, and I actually was working for a company that it had been bought out. The company was doing some very unsightly things as far as, you know, listing jobs that, you know, weren't accurate descriptions. Um, eventually it led to hiring people who were stealing identities of people um, in the company and things like that. And the president of the company decided that, you know, he... He enjoyed uh, the insurance company bailouts, so rather than, you know, doing something to fix the problem, he just kind of started firing everyone who was in the know with what was going on. Wow. Um, But so what I did is I went out and started my own company. Um, I decided to become a consultant because, you know, from working in the employment industry, I see lack of growth. Um, for many candidates, and I think that especially for entry-level positions, and like you said, there are millions of people who are currently unemployed, and a lot of times the employer absolutely does not want to go out and do, you know, the the searching for these good candidates. Part of what I came to understand, obviously, is, you know, all the good people have jobs, number one. So basically what you, you need to try to do is is offer these people a little bit more than, what the companies they're working for are offering them. Um, and in that is also structuring your business and, and how it is structured. So I think that, you know, many of these businesses alike will promise people the world and they get somebody in and nobody really knows their job description. Yeah. So Mallory, that's a really interesting story. And I I, I, I totally agree with you that a lot of the job descriptions online are inflated and, and you get there and you're like, wait, what? This is not at all what you put online. Um, I do want to I do want to pick on one comment that you said that all the good people are employed. 
Um, I hear what you're saying. I hear you're saying that that there are a lot of passive candidates out there that are are open to perhaps making a job change. But I want to I want to address that because I do think that there's a lot of great people out there who are not employed for the only reason is they don't know how to go about this job search. They're struggling with it or maybe they're falling for for some of these scams and, and spending time and money, money and energy doing things that aren't getting them to where they want to be. But but yeah. I, I think there are there are a lot of good people who are unemployed but don't understand the job search. I, just as an example, I did an hours consultation for a woman yesterday who's on the West Coast who called me and said, I, I, I bought your books two years ago and I read them and they're great. I've got to start reading them again. And at the time, when I read your books, I knew my company was going to go through a merger within about a year or so. And so I should start maybe looking. And I did a little bit, but then I realized I was too busy. I didn't really want to handle it. She started laughing nervously. She said, well, guess what? Two weeks ago, the merger was completed. I was let go along with a lot of other good people. Now, I had her resume sitting in front of me, and I knew quite a bit about her. She was a stunningly good worker in her field. She was out of work and having a heck of a time getting interviews. So, again, like Dawn, and I appreciate what you're trying to say here, but there are an enormous number of great people, great workers out there who've been let go because of mergers, acquisitions, downsizings, business turnarounds, the economy, all kinds of reasons. And what frustrates me is companies complain about a talent shortage. I really believe in the, in the over 20 years, 20, 30 years I've been in headhunting business, I have never seen such a talent glut in America like we have today. And yet companies are crying they can't find talent. It's out there. They're just not – like the one caller, the employer who called in and said – we're paying these job boards all this money, LinkedIn all this money. We can't find people. What's going on? That's not how you find good people. You have to go out and circulate in your professional community, get to know people, track down sources of good candidates, and do it face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Mallory, we really appreciate you calling Career Talk, and you um, bring up a really good point. So, Nick, one of the things that I think a lot of people ask me, and I'm sure they ask you too, is wh- how do I know if somebody reaches out to me on LinkedIn or a recruiter or headhunter reaches out to me that they're legit? And, hey, if you have a question for Nick, we want to hear from you at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866, if you can take it, because Nick is Nick is direct and in your face, and we will tell it like it is, because he wants you to succeed. So it's all it's all in good, in good, good faith. How do you know when someone contacts you that they're legit? Most of the time, it could be a dog with a note in its mouth, and you wouldn't know because it's all virtual and it's all online. Just because they found you on LinkedIn doesn't mean there's somebody credible or legitimate. Step back. Think like a like the good business person you already are. Due diligence means checking someone or a situation or a deal out before you fall for it. Checking references is something you should always do before you do with someone, especially if you're not walking into their physical building and can see what you're dealing with. If it's strictly virtual and online, you always want to check references. If a recruiter calls you, I'm a recruiter, I'm a headhunter. When someone says to me, hey, Nick, you're trying to recruit me. I'd like to talk to two candidates that you've placed and two companies' managers who've hired from you. I'm happy to give them those references because they're great. If a recruiter won't give you that kind of information, my advice is let it go. If, if they can't provide credible information about who they are and how they perform, move on. They're probably not very good at what they do. Yeah, and it's getting harder to, to discern this because there are a lot of, um, you know, hang a shingle out, I'm a headhunter, and they're legit. They're not. They're. I'm not all of them. I mean, but there are some people who are legit and, you know, actually do have jobs. But you don't have to go to one of the big, big six. No, I. I tell people, unfortunately, uh, and this is an honest guess on my part. I have no evidence. I think about 95 <laughs> percent of so-called recruiters and headhunters aren't worth spit. They don't know what they're doing. Tell it like it is, Nick. And when when I got into headhunting Silicon Valley back in 1979, this is before the internet. We used to say the cost of entry to become a headhunter. Here's what it is. It's a pencil and a pocket full of dimes because you could work in a phone booth and write on the wall. That's all you needed to get in. Today, it costs even less. All you need is a cell phone. Anyone can call themselves a recruiter. Fees that companies pay are 20 to 25% of a person's annual salary. So they get drawn into the business. They think they're going to make a ton of money. They quickly wind up ruining the reputations. They, they do unsavory stuff. But it's so easy to call yourself a recruiter. And to get people to send you resumes and try to get company, companies to pay you fees for, for, for trying to make placements, 
it just attracts people who aren't very good at doing this kind of thing and who are not going to do a good job for you. So you really need to check them out. You owe that to yourself. Hey, we are talking all about job search scams, questionable employment and hiring procedures. And if you have a story to share, we'd love to hear from you at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. And we are here with Tell It Like It Is, Nick from AskTheHeadHunter.com. So if you think if you think you can handle his advice. We, we haven't heard one. We, I haven't heard one good nightmare from a listener yet. There's somebody out there who got well, a really good nightmare about a job hunting experience or interview experience do, they've had. Do you have one? Because, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I will tell you that um, – I, I have a couple from you know way back in college, but I think I think those are probably not. <laughs> what, what one common one about. common kind of story is, uh, and again, this is not a scam. This is an employer who will bring candidates in for five or six or seven interviews, three or four days. They'll fly them in from out of town. They tell the candidate, "You're wonderful. We, we want to make you an offer. We have to talk with our management. We got to go through the process with HR. We'll be back to you in a few days." Candidate flies home excited, ready to go. A week goes by. Two weeks go by, nothing. Nick, why? what should I do? I haven't heard a word back. And my response is, move on to the next opportunity. Because the, the, the real nightmare that happens every day is employers start a process that they don't know how to wrap up. They don't know how to make the hire. They don't know how to make a decision. It leaves you hanging. And the worst thing about it is it makes you feel like as you're waiting, you shouldn't go talk to anybody else. Yep. I just wrote a, a blog about that ghosting on my site, dawnoncareers.com, and it happens all the time. And a lot of it is, is like you said, it's not a scam. It's just rude. It's it's They're unprepared. They don't know what to do. They don't want to pull the trigger. You know, who knows what it is, but don't put all of your eggs in one basket because then you don't have to worry about waiting. If you have multiple balls in the air... One of, the, one of the worst stories I heard recently was from a woman who emailed me and said, we live on the East Coast. My husband got a job on the, on the West Coast. We had to take our kids out of school, two little girls. We, we had to get out of our lease on our apartment. And she said, my, my husband flew out. I'm driving out with the girls. And he calls me and says they just rescinded the offer. She, she said, I've broken out into hives. I can't sleep. My daughters are crying. We're all depressed. And she said to me, how can a company do this? And I said, well... If it's a right, if it's an unemployment at will state, they they can they can fire you anytime for any reason or no reason. So their attitude is, you know what, something happened. We're just going to bag it. We're not going to bring you on board. In the meantime, in the meantime, her husband quit his job. They gave up their apartment. They're in the middle of the country somewhere with nothing going on. And I ask myself, as one case, maybe it's very very unusual. But I hear so many of these rescinded offer situations lately that I'm really wondering what's going on in HR departments and among employers. And you know what? Um, That's just a horrible story. And I think today's show is really about helping people to the best of their ability to avoid these things. One of the best tips that I have is is ask somebody objective. Say, Here, here's the situation. What do you think? Because when if you ask somebody objective – they're probably going to say, yeah, that sounds weird. But if you're in that, that I want something, I need something, I've been out of work, you're probably going to let some of those red flags slide. So ask somebody objective just to make sure. And the hour, of course, has flown by. Nick, where can people reach you? You can reach me at AskTheHeadHunter.com. There's a free newsletter I've been publishing. I think we're at issue 640. It comes out every week. You can sign up. Uh, we handle – I answer actual real questions from real-life people every week. Uh, the uh, blog is at the same location. I have a series of PDF books. The, the, the biggest one right now is uh, titled uh, Fearless Job Hunting, and it talks about how to handle the daunting situations you deal with when you're trying to get a job. Thank you for having me, Don. It's always great to talk to your audience. Mm. Give it to you straight, Nick. We love having you on Career Talk. I'm going to thank Michelle and Danielle, all of our callers and our listeners. You've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. Hey, if you want more great news and tips, you can follow us at Biz Radio 111. You can follow me at Dr. Don Graham, or you can go to my blog at dawnoncareers.com. We will see you next time.